0: Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touch you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Anybody ever expected something and it didn't happen? Anybody ever had something on your heart or been promised something and it never come across? We all have dealt with disappointment in our life. We've all dealt with unmet expectations. But I can stand here today as your pastor and as your friend and encourage you today that the Lord will never, ever disappoint you. And he'll never be late. A lot of times we think the Lord's late. How many's got some prayers right now you honestly thought would be an answered by now are manifested? I want to encourage you, he's never late. And in the process, in the time of expectation, in the process of faith when we declare... And believe and release from our heart and our mouth what we're believing for according to Scripture. In that time between the expectation and the declaration and the manifestation, God is going to continually build your character and mine. How many here needs a little character work this morning? Anybody got any character flaws besides Pastor Pat? He's going to continually be building your character. He's going to continually be, he's going to be adding fruit to your basket, the fruit of the Spirit. It's already ours, but he wants us to learn how to process it and walk in it. And then he's going he's to really, really work on our patience. Because as a whole, we're very impatient people. I may say amen. We want it right now. I want to see this thing change right now. And in some cases, things are changed instantaneously. But in other cases, there are things that it takes more time. And it's not that God needs more time, we need more time. We need more time to prepare our hearts and our minds for everything God wants to do. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, not to give up and not to give in, and we're going to continue to walk in the promise of God. How many say amen? So uh, the power of expectation, think about what you're believing for, think about what God has put on your heart, think about what you're standing in agreement for, again, The definition of expectation, I want you to get this because what you're expecting, you're excited about, if it's good. But what if we're expecting something bad, we're not too excited about that. And God wants to use this power of expectation, which is really another definition of hope, to stir our hearts today. We want to understand that the final word is what God speaks over us and we can walk into those things. The definition of expectation, a strong belief, that something will happen or be the case in the future. A strong, everybody say a strong belief. I mean, you're counting on it. You're banking on it. You're believing it. You're telling other people this is what's going to happen. You're telling other people this is going to be the result of my harvest of the crop right here. You're telling other people I have a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Let me just ask you this. How many believe that God is not through with America? Four of us. Okay. How many believes America's going to hell in a handbasket? That it's just too late? Well, I mean, we need to find out where everybody's at. And if you believe it's going to hell in a handbasket, we need to order some buses to be moving through the plane to get to Australia. But as for me and my house, I'm going to stand here and see what God's going to do. How many say amen? Now, how many believes America's got some issues? But you know what? There's several old countries in the Old Testament that had some issues. They killed babies, and they did all kinds of crazy things like what's happening now. And I want to encourage you if you're expecting, but listen, expectation's not enough. We have to put faith to expectation, not only declaring things, but changing things. How many thankful that God raised up America to take her place in the last days? How many knows we took our eye off the ball, and we got sidelined? How many knows we kind of went to sleep at the wheel? And some evil people got in and began to do some things like, you know, Madeline Murray O'Hare, prayer out of school, different things. Um, I'm not going to mention, because it's not my job to be political, it's my job to be truthful. But I'm not going to mention a certain restaurant that's a sports bar, famous for sports and wings. But they said the other day they're going to turn down the Uh, the national anthem between all the games because they don't want to incite anything. I don't care if I ever need another wing or not, as long as I live. How many of us wants to get up on the table and sing the Star Star Spangled Banner? Amen? I mean, But we have to listen, guys. We have to pass this down to our children and our children's children, the power of expectation, the final word, honoring God with our obedience. Did you ever realize that the dishonor of God started when Lucifer turned his back on the Father and tried to overturn him that's the first act of dishonoring God when Lucifer his created being that cherub that was so beautiful with the Bible says all kinds of pipes and able to sing and to worship and, and just the display of beauty but all the, the different makeup of stones in his, in his body turned on God the first act of dis- dishonoring God was Lucifer that's still going on today Lucifer's culture is to dishonor God. And when you dishonor God, you dishonor God, you dishonor God's people of authority and positions. Our first, our first responders, our policemen and firemen and, and EMT people and all that stuff, it just really bothers me when people disrespect them. You know, and call you know and, and you know, call policemen pigs. And I was raised on a hog farm. I know what a pig is. How many say amen? You you can worship a pig all day long, but they'll just as soon as you turn them loose, they'll turn right back to the slop. Dishonoring. The, the first act of dishonoring God came from Lucifer, and Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning to the earth. How many say amen? So he got he got the pink slip. The second act of dishonoring God was the angels he deceived. And the devil's number one job is to try to convince us. And deceive us that God doesn't love us. That God's mad at you. That God doesn't care about you. That, that God is just waiting for you and I to make a mistake so He can slap us. Now, maybe you had somebody in your family that was the, the um, uh, anointed slapper. Maybe you had an aunt or an uncle who just caught you breathing wrong and whacked you on the back of the head. I don't know. Maybe you had grandparents that were gifted at slapping. I don't know. I've had a few slaps. I deserve most of them. But uh, there's some people that think they're the high sheriff of slapping. How many say amen? Now they might not do it today with the physical hand, but they'll do it with their mouth. And they'll always come against you. And they'll always counteract counteract what you're doing, trying to do for the Lord and so forth. I want to encourage you today that we have a power, we have an expectation over dishonor. So Lucifer was first to dishonor Father God. The angels were second as a third of the angels fell to the earth, dishonoring God. And that's the culture in the earth today's dishonor. There's, no, there's, there's a lack of honor. I got jumped on for opening up a door for a lady once. And I didn't think she was that old, but she let me know she wasn't that old. How many say amen? I said, ma'am, you're going to have to excuse me. Quit calling me ma'am. I'm sorry, ma'am. Oh, Lord. How many, how many was raised? to Say yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. How many was raised that way? And, and people become offended today when you place them in a place of honor and I want to encourage you today the power of expectation that you can move into receiving what God has for you is right here in front of us today and God's word is the final word and like we said last week how many grew up when you ask your mom or your dad or your grandparents how come I'm supposed to do this because I said so how many ever got that more than once a day? I said so. Well, they didn't always explain why they wanted you and I to do that. But the truth is, as a whole, they had their best Their best in mind was for us to listen, to obey, and was going to be a blessing and a help. So another definition of expectation, a belief someone will or should achieve something. <clears throat> I want to speak to the underachievers here for a minute. Some of us were voted most likely not to succeed in life. Some of us were voted in high school and in coming out of middle school, um, most to be troubled in life. Some of us were cast aside. Some of us were overlooked by teachers and other people in in authority. Thank God we've got good Christian teachers now in our public schools and in in our Christian schools. And for those of you who say there's no, no good thing in the, in the public school that's wrong because there's, there's some really godly Christian teachers in the public school system and principals and coaches and cooks and bus drivers and janitors and so forth. So our job, expectation, is to pray that they'll have the opportunity to bless. How many here can look back to a teacher or two teachers or three teachers that helped change your life? And they said things to you. They, they put an expectation on on your gift and your possibilities of grace. How many people like that? How many people that believed in you? They believed in you, so you can do that. You can do that. Um, coach Rose, who, who comes to second service, is a football coach. Uh, he's coached 26 years in the youth league. Amazing thing is he never played a down of football in his life, not one down. Never played a down of a legal game of football. He picked up the game, he studied the game, he studies the game, he loves children. He loves children more than anything. And um, he, um, I've watched him learn how there's basically five ways to love a kid, five love languages, expectation. And a lot of kids he, um, a lot of kids he's coached has come from troubled backgrounds, hard backgrounds. And um, he knows that some of their shots of, uh, of, um, expectation of a better life comes through trusting God. And he, he doesn't hold back with the God part. He's right there in, in the parking rec system talking about the grace of God, the love of God. In fact, every year they have their banquet right here. He talks about God right here to all the parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles and the kids. And um, But he'll put a high pec- expectation in those kids' ability to play the game of football and to grow up. And he does it with words. And he does it with affirmation. You know, one of the five love languages is, uh, you know, contact and physical touch. How many here your love languages? You like to be touched and squeezed and loved and hugged and raise your hand. Come on, let's raise your hand. So I'll be ashamed of that. All right. All right. You, we like to be cuddled and hugged and squeezed and all that stuff. How many here your love languages? Give me some gifts. Give me some money. Leave me a present at my door. How many say amen? How many is that? That's a love language. How I many here is words of affirmation? You, you value what people say about you and to you. These are just love languages. I've watched Coach Rose, and by no means has he got anything figured out, but he is, I've watched him grow in the things of God over the years and, and, and so forth. But I've watched him. There's a little kid. I'm going to leave him nameless because he's related to somebody here this morning. But little fellow. And, you know, on a good Saturday... When he was 12 years old, he might have weighed 65 pounds at the most, 60 pounds, little fellow. Come from a hard background. Come from a background people missing in his life some degree, parents, and then he had grandparents and step-grandparents. And just, little fellow just had a tough time in life. He, he reminded me of an armadillo. He took the issues of life, he'd roll up in a ball and just roll and pop up again. I saw a game where Coach Rose had got into his head and his heart. That's what God wants to do for us, get in our head and our heart the truths he has in the Word of God. He wants us to believe the Word of God to a point, every time life pushes against us, the Word of God comes out. Every time you squeeze, get squeezed by life, transformation of Romans 12, 1 and 2 comes out, that we can prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This kid might have weighed 65 pounds. I'm not even sure he weighed that. He was about that tall, little fellow. Coach Rose had convinced him that he was the best cornerback in the whole league in Olam County. At that time, there was 500 kids, some really good athletes. We were the only outside county there. The rest were Olam County kids. That was, you know, 8, 10 years ago and uh, so forth. I saw that kid chase down a ball carrier, and I saw that little kid chase down a ball carrier that had to weigh at least 100 pounds and climb his back and beat him into submission. Climbed his, how, how many members uh, Yosemite Sam? Anybody remember Yosemite Sam? And you remember that camel that never would run right? And how he climb on top of that head, and whoa camel, whoa camel, take that gun, beat that camel in submission? That's exactly what that kid do that day. He rode that stud running back down and beat him in the ground and shook his head and got up, and that kid looked up like, you know, an anvil fell on him. And he come back, he come back to the sidelines, and I said, how, how did you do that? How did you, giving up 40 pounds, take one of the best running backs down in this league, and that guy's still laying there trying to figure what planet he's on? <laughs> he simply said this, said, Coach Rose said I could. He said, I'm the best cornerback in this league. Now, he looked nothing physically like being the best cornerback in the league. You and I look physically, emotionally, spiritually on our own. We look like we can never be a star in this league of life. How many say amen? But I want to encourage you today, if we'll begin to do what God says at another level. Another level. The first time we have someone valuing the words of Jesus is when his mother, they're at a marriage ceremony at Cana. And they run out of wine, they run out of beverages, and Jesus tells his mother, It's not time yet, mother. How many know sometimes our mothers and fathers will put us into a point of expectation? How many sometimes people will put us into a place we have to step up and step out? I want to encourage you, that's a good time in many cases because it puts a demand on what's on the inside of you and I. A demand. All things are possible to him or her that. How many is a believer this morning? Well that means the, the impossibilities of your life this morning that you and I are fighting over not to believe and buy into is possible with God and his word. So Mary told those guys at the wedding says do whatever he says. Now, up to now there's been no miracles. There's no miracles with baby Jesus going around and helping other little babies get rid of sucking their thumbs. There's no miracles. There's no miracles he was baptized in the River Jordan. There's no miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him and in him. There's no miracles until he was 30 years old. And up to then, he said, just do whatever he says. If you can remember anything this morning, I want to encourage you to just do what he says. When you find him saying something in the word of God that pertains to me and you, that stirs expectation, just do what he says. That involves submitting our life to him. That involves submitting finances to him. That involves submitting our our life to our wife, to our husband, our children. That involves all those things. Whatever you find him saying, do that. We have another story in the Bible where a centurion, a Roman soldier came to him and he had someone sick at his home and everybody's trying to get Jesus to come to them to pray for them. All miracles at that point, Jesus had come to them or they had come to Jesus and then he said, I'm a a ruler, I have a hundred men under me, I understand the power of authority. When I say something, they do it. When I direct something, they obey it. And he told Jesus, Up till then, people had to be physically touched or in his presence. Listen, guys, all of us in this room have had this thought once before probably. Boy, I'd like to live in the day of Jesus. I'd like to follow him around and watch this stuff. I want to tell you, the day of Jesus is here today too because he's in the midst of where we're at this morning. And he's looking for expectation released in faith. And he said, all you got to do, Jesus, is come You you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. Just say it. Everybody say, just say it. I'm telling you, the miracle's in our mouth this morning. It's not in some special meeting. It's not in running, chasing after this or that. And they do occur in those things at times because there's people anointed to do special things. There's different gifts of the Spirit. There's all kinds of things that God has anointed different people, all of us, to do. But I'm telling you, the miracle's in your mouth this morning. It's in your mouth. I won't tell you what else is in your mouth. Death is in your mouth this morning. And we got to choose. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those who love it eat the fruit thereof. I'm telling you, fear will cause you and I to give in to the opportunity of speaking death over our situation, our life, our children. But faith will cause us to call things that are not as though they were. Because this realm is the second realm. What we see, taste, touch, and hear, this is the second realm. The first realm is the spirit realm. Right right here this morning, there's angels in this room. Everybody look around. I guarantee you because the Bible says there's angels here. And they're commissioned to help us. But they can't move if we don't live in expectation and faith. And the power of declaration is what sets them free. And that's when angels begin to work. Angels are here. What are they doing? They're here to minister unto us, to watch over us, all those things the Bible says. And there's an expectation. If you don't believe something is good. If you don't believe something is good ahead in your path, why, why do we get up? I prayed this morning. I said, Father, give us something to increase our faith. Give us the word. Give us the, the anointing of the Spirit of God to increase our lives. Give us a heart to reach the broken and bruised this morning. Last week in McAllister, Oklahoma, little girl's working at Pizza Hut. Anybody see that? She's working at Pizza Hut, just graduated high school. She's on a break at Pizza Hut in McAllister, Oklahoma. She flips out her phone and shows her co-worker something she'd bought herself, an AK-15 assault rifle. Then she showed her friend she'd been to school to learn how to shoot an AK-15, 47, whatever it is. And listen, guys, listen, listen. It's, It's not about the assault rifle. It's about the attitude that develops the assault. So don't, don't get caught up there. Um, that's an expectation. There's countries around the world, legitimate-sized countries that have fallen into, into prey. Um, how many believes we bear, according to the Second Amendment, right to bear guns? How many knows there are people, there's people scheduled and positioned in place to try to take away that right from us as Americans? If we don't have an expectation to hold our ground and to gain ground, I'm telling you, we could wind up like a country where they come and get our guns. If you're expecting that, change your attitude this morning. Right? Let's expect God to move. And you know, I, I'm, you know that thing comes after a relationship with the Lord and an expectation of how God good, how good God is. And, and you know, the definition of expectation is also a prediction. It's a forecast. It's a projection. I project, according to Scripture, that God is going to move again in America. And I don't know after that what's going to happen, but I know God's got one more good one in him. He's got a lot more good ones in him. I mean, say amen. But I'm. You know, what are we declaring? What are we saying? What are we? Miss Faye, you come up here just a second. Come on up I promise I won't embarrass you. Well, I just lied. I ask you to forgive me for lying. So anyway. Come on, Miss Fay. The Bible says a merry heart doeth good like what? The medicine. How do we take our medicine? We take it through reading. We take it through sight. We take it through rehearsing, speaking, meditating, communicating. We take it. Miss Fay here has been my friend a long time. She's been faithful to this church from the very beginning. And uh, she, she's one of my heroes. Uh, she's a heroine. She's a male, female heroine. heroine. Thank you, Papa. Boy, when Papa corrects me with English, I know I'm really in deep water right here. I, I need my wrath, but amen. He's right. Miss Faye has a good attitude, a good heart. She's not perfect. None of are perfect. But when she describes her daily routine, I just get all giddy inside. I get excited. I get, I get just stirred up when she describes, Miss Faye, how old are you? 80. She's not ashamed. Does she look 80? I look closer to 80 than she does. Amen. So. But Miss Faye, just describe your day as you get up every morning and what you do and what you go to work. Just tell them your routine of the day. All right. <laughs> um, I get at 3 stop. Everybody stop right there. My suspender almost popped and put my right eye out. Just <laughs> give me a minute here. Let me stand behind Miss Faye where she don't cover much ground. For all you suspender supporters, that's a strike one today. All right. She gets up at 3 o'clock. 3 okay. o'clock in the morning. God, fix this shoulder. Is that the one that needs yes, to be fixed? Uh, yes. Everybody, reach your hands out here. Uh, Jimmy, come up God. here and put Everybody your hand on. That. Amen. Father, we just thank you today. We, we agree with expectation of Miss Faye in the Word. We're putting our faith together today, Lord, and we thank you for healing her shoulder. Father, we thank you for the attitude that she and everybody in this room has to honor you. And we receive healing today by believing and declaring. Father, we declare, we speak to that shoulder. We thank you, Miss Faye's going to start speaking to her shoulder. That it is well and whole and whatever is required, whatever is needed to be fixed, the miraculous healing, whatever it takes in her life and our lives today, we receive it by faith. We receive healing in our bodies today by declaration of faith. And we rejoice and we thank you for it. And everybody said amen. amen. How many is glad God's still healing? Amen. 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 Heal. amen. Love you. Love you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that's okay. You amen. Now, how many enjoyed that? Amen. Eighty years old and uh, widowed twice. Hadn't had the easiest life in some areas. But just grabbing hold of the expectation that God's a good God. Believing that there's a power and joy. There's a power in joy, and we have to stir ourselves up to joy. Joy doesn't always just come every morning with us. We have to recognize the confusion, the, the, the enemy coming against us to speak, speak bad thoughts. We have to give a forecast or a prediction or projection that the day's going to be filled with hope. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to do what? I'm going to make a choice to rejoice today. I'm going to rejoice beyond what's going on physically in my life, financially in my life, relationally. I'm going to rejoice. My prediction for today is we're going to find sunshine somewhere today. Our prediction today is God's favor is going to run me down today. The prediction today is today is going to wind up better than yesterday because I have an outlook, another definition of expectation, I have an outlook that God's not through with me. Now, Some of us, we were born fighting depression. Some of us were born always looking at the the short end of the stick. Some of us were born, we were convinced we were a victim. But I got news for you today as your pastor and friend. We can move from the victim side of the room over to the victorious side of the room. We can move from the negative to the positive. But it's not going to happen if we don't get our tongue. It's not going to happen by just being a good little boy, a good little girl. There is a declaration because God created this earth with his words, he created the universe with his words, and it's like Mary said, just do whatever the boy tells you to do. I'm here today as your pastor. If you find something he tells you to do, do it. You find something in scripture he declares over you, you continually declare it. You continually say it. I mean, how many of us grew up on a farm? How many of us did your dad ever tell you, don't ever go around the south end of a horse unless you speak to it, and let it know you're coming. How I many say amen? If you go around the south end of a horse and don't let let them know you're coming sometimes, they'll help you launch into a new career. He said, let them know you're coming. I'm telling you today as your pastor and your friend, let's let the devil know we're coming every morning. Let's declare and agree with the angels that are commissioned to watch over us, to minister to us, to encourage us. Let's put a demand on the word this morning. And let's declare what God says in all of our being. I want you to turn to one scripture and... uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes, no, Ezekiel thirty-seven, and we're going to eventually get there. Again, I just believe we followed God this morning. This is this is an example of something that is dead brought to life. And next Sunday, guys, we're going to have some special. Just going to be a special day. We're going to have a dinner after eleven o'clock service. I know a lot of you can't come back, but if you could just hold off and come to eleven service, and we have a great dinner. We're going to have music by the Bowmans. How many ever heard the Bowmans? If you haven't heard the Bowmans, they're a throwback. They're a throwback in time. Um, Blaine Bowman is probably, personally, the best guitarist I ever heard pr- uh, publicly in my life. Uh, but Blaine, Christine, they married as uh, childhood sweethearts, had two kids, and now their kids are Tiff and Luke up and grown. But anyway, they're tremendous. And um, uh, how would you describe it, Frank? Southern Gospel, um, changeover songs. They'll take songs. Like Hotel California by the Eagles and make it spiritual. I'm not saying the same words. But anyway, uh, just a master of grace and worship and, and entertainment. I just want you to come and be blessed by them. We're going to have a, a special day. Um, but I just want you this week to study on this in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37, I want you to focus on verses 1 through 14. And we're going to get a hold of it because it's about a vision of something that's dead that's brought back to life. And it's about a vision of dry bones. And whatever is dry in your life right now that looks like it's dead, I want to tell you the potential for it to live again is tremendous. Whatever feels dead looks dead. Dry bones. How many ever walked through the pasture and found the bones of a cow before, bleached out? How many ever seen something really, really dead? Really dead. Now, don't look at nobody in the room where none of us are dead. Miss Faith. Lord, give us Miss Faith's anointing. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to pet the dog and feed the parakeet. I don't have either one. Um, Amen. The thing is, this is about something that is dead. God is saying dead and he's saying the body of Israel has been dead and he's telling Ezekiel to prophesy to it, speak to it. The word prophesy means to speak or declare I want you this week to start thinking about the promise of God where you can speak and declare God's grace over your life. How many here is believing for healing in your body, physical healing? Raise your hand if you're believing for physical healing in your body. All right, my question is how much do you speak to it? We've got to speak to it. How many here is believing to financially do better? You want to do better financially? Speak to it. God will show you what to say. Move yourself from the victim over to the victor how do I do that by two ways by your talk and your walk that's how you do it by your talk and your walk you move from one place to another by your talk and your walk you declare what is not as though it's were and you move you begin to move you get up in front of the line some of us have taught just to stay back and get crumbs and leftovers I want to tell you something God has a plate for you at the table of his grace That is not leftovers. And I'm thankful for leftovers. How many many here, I know mom, um, I call her mom sometimes. I'm older than her almost. Well, Lena, she can take leftovers and she can convince you. Well, if you don't know they're leftovers, they they look like they're first overs. My mom's that way. My mom just keeps grinding it down till it's, you know, we start with a ham at Easter. and, and, And then come Memorial Day, we have ham salad. I don't know how she does it. She keeps grinding it down. And I'm saying, I've seen that pig somewhere before in my life. And, she, and it's so good, you, you fight for the leftovers. How many say amen? I want to encourage you to eat the leftovers, but expect fine dining with the things of God. Expect complete submission and, and subjection unto God. Complete selling out to God. I don't know how many people in my life of 35 years of this now, That God had a call on their life. He had a call. He has a call on all of our lives. They had a five-fold call on their life, but they wouldn't go because of fear of not making enough money. And even some of their family said, you'll never make enough money being a minister. That's a lie from hell. That's a lie from hell. But that's an old poverty victim thing. Poor as a church mouse. Our mice, if we had them, should be so fat they can't walk. How many say Amen. They should just roll through the hole in the door. I'm telling you, I love leftovers, but I'm really looking forward to fine dining. How many say amen? In health, in financial blessing, in peace of my mind, in vision of future things. But this is about speaking to something that was dead and God bringing it back together again. But as we study it out and take time with it, there's two prophecies here. Once it came together, the bones came together, flesh formed, but there's no life in it. There's a lot of us that lack life in some areas of our life, and that's declaring what the Word says about the situation. Then he said, speak life, speak breath. Every time you declare the Word of God, every time I declare the Word of God, every time I speak the Word of God, every time I write the Word of God, I am speaking life to a situation. I want to encourage you today that the power of declaration and saying what comes out of your heart full of the things of God is going to start moving the ship back to where it needs to be. And I want to end with this. Please don't get down on yourself and believe life is over. It's too late. I want to tell you something. It's never too late. I'm telling you, God's got a hold of you. 187 votes and we wouldn't have KFC chicken. Colonel Sanders lost a Senate race in Kentucky by 187 votes. If he got elected senator, we wouldn't have no KFC chicken. I want to tell you, God's not through with you. I want to tell you if God could take that old man. And you wanna tell you something. Listen, right before he died, Southeast Christian Church, he went down there, and Brother Wayman Rogers, he came in, so Brother Wayman, I'm not, Wayman, I'm not right with my life, I'm not right with God. He said, I'll tell you what, two things. If you can help me, quit cussing. I mean, that's a problem for some of us, cussing. I'm on one here again today, Lord. But anyway, <laughs> he said, if you can help me be delivered of this. And he said, but basically, he, he got him saved. He prayed for him. God healed his tongue. And uh, he blessed, uh, blessed him. I forgot what he uh, I don't know what all he did. But anyway, but. Colonel Sanders lived up the rest of his life saved and redeemed. Do you know there's 4,000 statues in Japan of Colonel Sanders? Something's wrong on this earth when we're tearing down our statues over here and they're building statues of Colonel Sanders in Japan. But anyway, that's another series. But I want to encourage you today to look on the inside of you, find what he, what Mary said, whatever he says, do it. And that's where I want to leave you this morning. Whatever you find, Him saying over your life, do it. When someone lies against you and persecutes you, the Bible says to pray for them. The Bible says to be a blessing to those who come against you. The Bible says give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will give into your bosom. Notice when you give, God commands men to give to you. My dad taught me a valuable lesson as a child, several, but one he taught me was about neighbors. And every year, before we get done cutting all of ours, which included my cousins and my uncles, and every year he'd find a neighbor that got behind and needed help, and he'd take the whole crew before we were done and help them finish. And I asked him once, I said, Daddy, I don't understand why we're taking our crew to help them before we're done. And I said, what if something happens to us? He said simply this. He said, son, if we keep doing this, we'll always get our crop in. It'll always come in. he, He didn't even know scripture for that. He was just doing that. I'm telling you, whatever he says do, do it. Father, we thank you for this morning. I just thank you for these precious people. We love them so much, Father, and we thank you for the the plan you have for our life as a, as a church, as a, as a grace gift. You put us here, Lord, to see churches like this raised up in little places. Father, little places in Kentucky, little towns, little villages, little communities. And Father, we thank you. We're going to complete that. We're going to get that done. Father, you're going to raise up people that have a heart to plant churches. You're going to raise us up, Lord, to do that. In the meantime, as we sow into that, you're going to give into us here. And it's really a church with multiple locations, one church, multiple locations. But Father, we make up the church today, and I'm speaking directly to those here today who need help in declaration. Help us, Lord, to declare what your word says. Help us to turn off the lies of the devil. Help us to recognize what is deceitfully wrong, and help us recognize what is truthfully right. And Father, we're going to declare what your word says, We're going to call things not as though they were. We're going to speak to dead things to come alive. We're going to keep declaring those things and thanking you with expectation, with hope, with a projection, with a forecast. And we're going to praise you, Lord, until the manifestation comes. And we give you praise for that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.